Howdy, good talk. How's everybody doing? Well, let me know if the sound is okay, Gary. Thank you. All right. Today's shir is being sponsored by, could you see it now? Lila Nishma's Brocha Baz David Shalom. I believe that's Noam's grandmother, sponsored by Noam's mother. Sponsored, the Nishma should have an aliyah. Sponsored by the Sherman family of Kew Garden Hills, in memory of their grandmother and great grandmother, Shandel Bas Zave Wolf, whose yard site is today, 27th of Tammuz. Nishma should have an aliyah. Oh, listen to this email from Matt Hoffman. Rebbe, you helped our Shalom bias. That is a good thing, since my wife and I count the couples for free. See, you get free Shalom bias classes here if you teach other people for free. My wife wanted my son Akiva and me to learn Daf Yoimi. We wanted to learn Shabbos, Biyun. Because of you, we can both do it. We can do both. Sorry, because of you, we can do both. Iyun and Bikiyus. Morning by morning, and Akiva and I sit closely together and cheer your wonderful shiurim. Then we learn bi'iyon, great father and son bonding, binding, and my wife smiles lovingly at us. Akiva will be bar mitzvah and tubav. Thanks for all you do for us. Matt Hoffman. We also have another Akiva, Akiva Solway, who bonds with his father, and they do the daf together, right? Where's Akiva? Somewhere here. All right, Beautiful. Here's another one, a long one, we'll just skip around. Yossi Sounders from uh, England somewhere. Hope you're well, thanks for reading my... He offered me a free advertising in the Jewish Weekly, which stocks England and Belgium. Um, yeah, we had this. Since the cruise ship won't pay for itself, I'll follow the... Done with Baisley from official catering and come up with a revolutionary new idea to ramp up funds ahead of a presumed large deposit cruise ship we'll need. He's trying to get us some money for the cruise ship, for the seum. I would like to be the first one to sponsor the emails. He wants to sponsor emails. Okay. Please let me know what this costs and continued Hatzlach with all your hard work and preparation for this brilliant and unique sheer regards Yossi Sounders, the Jewish Weekly from London and Belgium, from England and Belgium. Shkoyach Reb Yossi. All right, we're holding two, four, six, eight, ten lines from the bottom of Kuflam Gimlam Beis. Today is Daf Kuflam Dalit. Everybody here is good. It's okay. Say there, we're good. Very nice. If anybody wants to see a better picture, you go on uh, YouTube. It's better than uh, than Zoom usually. Ever since you fiddled around with the settings and you made it better, I think it made it worse. I don't know. Moitzitzin. So we learned in the Mishnah <coughs> that one of the things you like to do on Shabbos is mitzitza, to draw the blood. Omer Papa, Hayu mana mayitz, a moil who doesn't do mitzitza, sakonahu. He creates a sakonah with the baby, va'abrinulei, and we must remove him from his job. He can no longer be a moil. Pshita says the Gemara, midikomechalalei, shapso sakonahu. Listen to these words, the very, very important words. Says the Gemara Pshita. Why is a Pasha that you have to remove him? Since you're Mechalal Shabbos to do the Metzitzah, Sakonahu. Obviously, there's a big Sakonah if you don't do Metzitzah. 
So many want to say that from this Gemara you see that Mitzitza is for the welfare of the baby, but not part of the Mila. And why is that a huge nafkimina? A huge nafkimina would be whether or not you mechuyit to do mitzitzah bepet. If the Gemara over here says the whole reason why we do it is because sakano, the Gemara should say, of course you should throw out a mile because he's only doing half the bris milah. He's not doing a very fundamental part of the bris milah called mitzitzah. But the Gemara doesn't say that. The Gemara says the reason why we remove him is because it's dangerous for the baby. Isn't that mashma that it's not such a chiyuv? Mitzitz is not such a chiyuv, it seems like. We'll get into it in a second. Mao the same, Mahai Damifkat Pocket, says the Gemara. I would think that the blood is. <laughs> I don't know, Yonah Simchas, but he's trying to control my camera. We're going to decline that. So I would think that. Damifkat pocket. In other words, the blood that the metzisa is creating, you're drawing blood. So perhaps that blood is already out of the body. It's sitting somewhere in the bris and you have to pull it out. MMA Lawat, it's not a Isidai Raisa. Why? It's not, it's, not a, it's not a Chabura. What is it? Stop. You're removing blood. You like to take blood that's on top of your finger and wash it off. The Isser is Chabura to, to draw blood. Says the Gemara, Kamash Malon Chaburi Mechaber. No, the blood is in the body, and I am drawing it out of the body, and I'm creating a Chabura. And it's similar to the bandage that you throw on some Kamon, you throw on ointment. If you don't do it, it's a Sakono for the baby. This Metzitz, if you don't do, it's a Sakono for the baby. So bottom line is, this is, I could give you a little bit of information, not all of it. The controversy or the shiloh about metzitzah bapeh. So the Ramah Paskins, you must do metzitzah bapeh. You cannot use some of these modern devices of, you know, uh, uh, what is it called, a tube, and, and put your mouth on the tube. What happened was, the maskilim were very uncomfortable with the whole metzitzah bapeh. It's not, it's not proper for an adult to do such a thing. <clears throat> and then they said it was a sakana. In fact, they brought the Raya, sakana. So the Chsam Soifer, he agreed. He said, listen, if it's sakana, you don't have to do Matzitzah Bapeh. You see from this Gemara that it's not, it's not halachic. You don't need it for the Brismila. It's more for sakana. Now if there's another sakana called whatever, some sort of disease that comes through the mile, then don't do it. But many were very, there were fire against it because it originated from the masculine. Similar like today, you'll never see someone walk outside with an umbrella because that wasn't a masculine thing. The masculine, they brought the, the whole thing that you should go out and chop with an umbrella. Now, halakhically, it's probably not even a problem to walk around with an umbrella. It's not the oil that we care about. But today, because of the masculine, we have to be careful. Similarly, I'm saying this as a joke, but it's almost usher to learn Navi today. Which yeshiva learns Navi? Also, a problem that the Meskilim raised. So, so too, this... Wait a minute, wait a minute, I have to say something. I just, somebody... Avram, here we go. Avram, Anishma. Haven't seen you in a while. Here you go. Okay. 
Good, good, good. I thought you were mad at me because that one day you came to, to the base Medrash and Yeshua said we're not accepting anybody. Good, it's good to see you here in Matzah Shabbos. Anyway, so, bottom line is like this. There's no bottom line. This Dechemed wrote a whole country called Metzitza Bepeh, and I think it's called Metzitza, something about Metzitza, and he brings there all the Gdolim, and Rishmul Salan said you have to do it, da 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 Bekitzer, one last thing. Rav Vazner said that he was in the presence of the Chazanish and at a bris milah, and the Chazanish saw the Rav Vazner, who was Hungarian, you know, whatever, Hasidish, he, he was very makbid on Metzitza Bepeh, and he said, you know, you... Basically, you Hasidim, you have to continue with that Mulchama. Unfortunately by us, the Litvish, the, this tube thing already creeped its way in, unfortunately. That was his Lashen. So, you guys continue with your Mulchama. Us, we're not going to fight that much about it. But, anyway, those are the Tzadim. So, Mitzadecha from this Gemara is really mashma. It's not such a, it's not so terrible to do with a, with a tube. So why did all these G'dayim go so fire against it? It seems like because it was something about the Maskilim, that they're the ones that raised this whole, oh, it's not proper, bismanenu, and the sakara, da da da. It just so happened to be, I don't know if this is, we weren't learning the sugi, and I wasn't paying so much attention, but I think I saw like a Yeshiva World News or something, that a baby got, like, uh, what is it? One of these cephalitis, hepatitis, I don't even know, one of these tituses, and he was like almost going to die. They said it came from the mile. Now, and Rebbe Yashiv says, Shtusim, you can't get sick from a moil. Kids are a whole back and forth. It's a big sugya. I'm not passing, I'm just telling you whatever little that I know. Vaiter. Venoisnam Eloiz Polonis. Omar Abaya. We're going to have a whole Omar here. All the way to Davkof Lamedalad on the bottom about all these refuas. We're going back to refuas and different things. Omerly aim. Once again, Abayo was a Yosem, Asher B'cho Yerucham Yosem, he was raised. Who was it? Oy, yo, 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 Rabba, who was his... Hmm, forgot already whose wife it was. She's very chashiv, Amr Li'eim. And he always says Amr Li'eim. And we had it in Masech Shabbos dozens of times already, or at least a dozen times. My mother, meaning my stepmother, taught me, is planisa de kula in keve. Anytime you have a problem, you want to put a bandage, Shav minoi tarbo v'chodekiro. What you do is, you take seven doses of fat, v'chodekiro, and one dose of wax. That's how you heal things. Rav Omar, and again, if we're going to go according to the Maharshah that says that these Omerli aims and these kinds of things are really remuzim, they're scattered through Shas, these are from the Sefer Harufuois, from Yecheskel. Fine. Rava Omar, listen to this. Interesting story here. Rava said, Kiro Vikalba. You take some wax and you take some resin from a tree. Darsha Rava Bimachoiza. Rava gets up in Basmarish and he tells Dailam. You want to know how to heal yourself? You take some wax, you take some resin, heal. Says the Gemara, Karinu Menyoimi Asya. There was a doctor, his name was Menyoimi. His children were the sons of a doctor. They ripped Kriya. They couldn't believe that Rava gave away their trade secret. They were making millions. People would come in, they would make a little concoction, put it on their wound and heal them. Rava gets up in public and gives out the secret. Omar Luhu Shafki Luhu So by the way, so today I'm learning this Gemara and I remembered that I learned 
a similar story somewhere. So, but I can't go outside and ask my chavrusa. So I screamed from my rooftop. I said, you did ya? Where's that story? He says it's in Avedi Zara. I was really embarrassed because I learned Avedi Zara close to 40 times and I forgot. Anyway, I went back. I found it. It's in Avedi Zara. The Gemara says a great story over there. The Rabbi Yochanan. You know where it is, Avi. Where is it? You tell me. You heard. That's right, it was in Amrav. So <laughs> he was at that minion when I was screaming. It's a crazy story. He went to this lady, I don't think she was Jewish, and she, and she gave him some sort of uh, thing that you have to put on for a number of days. But he said, but listen, I can't come to you on the fifth day. So tell me the secret. She said, I can't tell you the secret. So he says, I'll swear to you. So he says, okay, if you swear to me, I'll give you the secret. So he swears to her, and then he runs to the marriage and he tells the whole world what the secret was. Because he wanted his Talmudim to, to know how to, get, how to heal themselves. So what about Chil Hashem? The Gemara says he told her right away. But anyway, when you know something good, you let the Olam know. Says the Gemara, so Rav says, don't, 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 you don't, don't rip Kriya yet. There's one trick I didn't tell everybody. I left you one thing. If you wash your face and you don't uh, dry it properly, and he has a bunch of welts or whatever. What should he do? Wash your face with beet juice. So when all these people come to your office and they have some sort of problem with their skin on their face, what you do is you take this beet juice. You don't tell them it's beet juice. You smear it all over them. And that's it. So I saved you. You can still have Pernalsa. So the mission described if you have cumin and you didn't, you didn't grind it down, what do you do? You, you chew it on Shabbat, you chew it, it's a shinui. But there are things that you could do on Yantif for the bris that you can't do on Shabbat. What? Ooh. Alright, so start again. There are things that you are not permitted to do on Shabbos for the Brismila, but you could do them on Yantav. So we said in the Mishnah that you cannot grind cumin. You have to do it in your mouth. On Yantav you could grind cumin. Why? Because on Yantav I could use the cumin for something else. I could I can make a dish. So anything that has to do with Oichal Nefesh, I'm allowed to do. So, you can do it for Brismillah. I take the mixture of wine and oil that we had in the Mishnah, and I beat it really hard, really well, which I cannot do on Shabbos, as the Mishnah describes, all I can do is pour the two ingredients into a bowl, I can't mix it up. What's the difference between oil and cumin? You're telling me cumin is good for some other dish. Okay, there's no real dish that has wine and oil in it, says the Gemara, but I can use it for a chayla shemper sakana. You don't mix the two together. This is very important. Who's the author of this halacha? Rebbe Meir. Why is this important? Because who's the author of our Mishnah? The author of our Mishnah is Rebbe Meir. Although his name is not mentioned, Stam Mishnah Rabbi Meir. So we have Allah from Rabbi Meir that kind of contradicts our Mishnah. It says, You could mix oil and wine for a choyla. 
There's a story, story time. Remeir had a stomach problem. So he said, let's beat up some wine and oil. And he said, no. What, you're taking back your own words in your own lifetime? You're the one that said you're allowed to do it. Even though I say this way, my friends argue with me. I don't want to go against my friends. So this is not worth 10,000 points. But for 500 points, where do we just have this thing that a very big Tana said, I don't want to go against my friends. Anybody? I'm going to take a drink here while you guys think about it. Mm. Rabbi Yossi said... Even if my friends tell me I'm a koyin and I should duchin, I'm going to do duchining. Even though I know I'm not a koyin, I don't argue with my friends. You remember this? How could you forget such a Gemara? Says Gemara, who knew the Machman of So he himself will go like his friends and not beat up oil and wine on Shabbos. Yeah, but everybody else, he allows it. Oh, so if he allows it for everybody else, Rebbe Meir holds that you're allowed to do it on Shabbos. So if you're allowed to do it on Shabbos, and Rebbe Meir, our mission goes according to Rebbe Meir, so how come over here we can't use this oil and, and wine, well, how come we can't beat it on Yantif? says, Gemara, Hosem Lika. So, Lika means to beat it well. Hacha Lika. For the bris milah, it needs to be very thin, it needs to be a very nice, a mixture of wine and oil, and therefore you can't do it in our Mishnah. Let him pour the ingredients in and don't beat it very hard. Says Gemara, exactly, that's what it says in our Mishnah. That's exactly what it says in the Mishnah. Look at the Mishnah. It says, If you didn't put it in every shot, you ask me why you shouldn't beat it? That's exactly what the Mishnah says. Don't beat it, just throw it in a bowl. And put that on the bris. We're talking about Anyantiv. The mustard seeds have some sort of seed that you pour the seeds in. The, the small seeds come out on the bottom, and the whatever, the shaft and the whatever, the, the, the rest stays on top. You're not allowed to do that on Shabbos because it looks like butter. And you cannot sweeten up the mustard with coals. Why? Because what happens is, you put a coal into the mustard, and eventually, so, so some of the heat goes out and makes the mustard sweet, but the mustard is going to overcome the coal and put the coal out. Can't do that. It's mechabo. How come I can take an egg, put in a raw egg into this misanenet, and out comes the white part, and the, the yolk stays on top? Rashi says, Says Rashi, at the end of the day, the yolk also comes out, or the yolk is also edible. So therefore, it doesn't look like bayer. This looks more like bayer. Now, why, why is it only mechzeki bayer? So Tysus points out, it only looks like bayer because at the end of the day, whatever stays on top is edible. So it's oichel and oichel. Ve'eim mimatkin oisib gecheles. You can't sweeten up the mustard seeds with a coal. V'tayim mimatkin oisib gecheles. It says in another place you could sweeten it up with a coal. Lekash, you can't gecheles shematachas. 
Kan bigachel shalait. We had a number of times already in the Masechta that if you, like we said, uh, if you want to make, take a, a wick, mechaba is melacha shein tzrich gufa. Right? You don't really need to extinguish the flame. You just don't want a flame. It's bothering you. You don't want a flame. So how do you make extinguishing a flame a melacha shetzrich gufa? If you want the ashes. Oh. So if you have a, a coal that's made out of wood and you extinguish it, then you are creating ashes and ashes are a problem. So that's why if it's a coal made out of wood, it's also to extinguish. You can't put it in your mustard seeds. But if it's a coal made out of metal, nothing happens. You're extinguishing. No, but nothing, you're not gaining anything. The metal remains as is. Oh, when you make a barbecue on coals, so the juices of the meat, they come out, and eventually they're going to extinguish the, the, the coals. Why is that allowed in Yantif? And all of a sudden, when it comes to mustard, it's usher to extinguish the coal. So this is the biggest site. Since I cannot make a barbecue Erev Yantif, the meat is not going to taste good. So I'm allowed to make the barbecue. Whatever happens, happens. But since I could, make, I could, I could uh, sweeten my mustard Erev Yantif, so I have no right to sweeten it today when it's going to extinguish the coal. So it's enough kamin of Efshar and Efshar. If I cannot accomplish what I need to accomplish for the food today, then I'm allowed to do it today, even if it's, even if it's going to extinguish the coal. You're allowed to make cheese on Yantif. So, if you remember, my favorite Taisvis, the Taisvis says that making cheese is boina, and therefore, if you have boina by cheese, which Midaraisi allowed to do, it's only Midarabon and also. So you're allowed to build a house on Yantif. If your house falls down because of Hoyal, Mitoich. Since I'm allowed to make a fire for Yachal Nefesh, I'm allowed to make a fire for something else. So too, since I'm allowed to make cheese for Boina, I'm allowed to make cheese on Yantif, even though it's Boina. So I'm allowed to build a house if my house fell down and I don't have another way out of it. That's what Taisa says. But it's also, why is it also? Ubdudachal. That's why it's also over here also. It looks. It doesn't look good. It's not Shabbos dick. It's not Yantav dick to, to start building a house on Yantav, to start making cheese on Yantav. These are Ubdu Duchal. Says the Gemara, Ma'ala Gavin. Amalai Asr, you're not allowed to make cheese on Yantav. Ma'ishnim Elisha. Why is it mutter to knead dough on Yantav? Amalai, same idea, Hasam Layevshah, Hachavshah. You can't knead dough, Erev Yantav, and just let it stay until knead dough before Yantav. You don't have a refrigerator. It's going to get spoiled. So you have to do it today. But cheese, when do you make cheese? You make cheese days in advance. You don't have to make it today. Says But Nardoi say that fresh cheese from today is great. It's better even. So if so, shouldn't I make the cheese today? It's better tasting. It's considered loyavshar. Loyavshar. I'm allowed to be mechal yantav or do whatever. There's no avdiduchal. Says the This is what they meant in Nardoi. We all know aged cheese is better. But it means that it's also good today. But the cheese from yesterday is even better. So I don't have an excuse to make it today. There's no reason for me to make it today. It's not considered loy afshar. If it tasted better, you're right, loy afshar. But if it tastes better yesterday, so do it yesterday, uh, the day before. There's no reason to do it today. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, 
you don't make a sleeve for the bris. Again, here comes his mother. So you have a sleeve, and then the sleeve, imagine socks in those days, right? They didn't have all the, uh, what do you call it? They didn't have the, the, the rubber and the this, that. So they, it was a little sloppy. The ends, the hems were very rough at the edges. Rough at the edges, perfect. So you have to fold the edges in. Why? Because you have all these threads at the end. And one of the threads can get caught in the wound of the Mila. Don't even imagine this. Dilma Madbik will get glued in there, stuck in there. And then he'll yank off the sleeve, Rahman and and it'll cause grave damage where this child won't be able to have children. Says Gemara, and Rashi on the spot says, doesn't mean his mother. Again, it's talking about the same mother we always talk about is. His stepmother of the Kisisola Palga. What she would do is she would make a lining inside this sleeve. In other words, a soft lining so it shouldn't get stuck in the bris. Omar Abaya, Hayinuka the Lace Let's say you don't have a sleeve. Lace Belisa, this Lace Bring this very rough thing that you have, rough at the edges thing. And what do you do with it? You take the rough edges. And you put it, I don't know if I should make a, a muscle here, fine. Here, this is the body, right over here, this is the bris. So you put it over here, closer to the body. In other words, where there's no wound. So if there's no wound, it's not going to harm the baby, but the opposite. It's going to get stuck in the skin, and it won't come off. So it's actually beneficial to have those rough edges. Because it grabs the skin of the baby, and it won't, it won't fall off. I need, I need a sleeve, I need to protect the baby. Vaiv leili the part that's closer to the bris milah, that part I fold over. Make sure that it's, that it's also smooth. You have a, a child that now we're going away from the bris milah, we're going to the other area. G'daylem, number two. There's no opening in the body, Rahman So what do you do? L'shaifei mishcha, you rub oil, v'loik milah and you put it in the sun. You look in the sun. The zig, where it, the skin is clear, in other words, that's where the opening should have been. You make like an X with a barley, the, end, the edge of a barley, which is sharp. Do not use a knife. It will swell, it's not good. This baby that doesn't nurse, he, his mouth is cold. Maitekante, what should you do? Lesu koso gumre. Bring a cup of coals. Then you spread it on a flat surface, says Rashi. Put it next to his mouth. Then his mouth will warm up and he'll start nursing. I want to play a game with you guys. So, so listen carefully to these things. What's the first one? The first one is a baby that doesn't nurse. You take coals. Because his mouth is cold, you take holes, you put it by his mouth, warms up his mouth, he'll start nursing. This baby, that's not, it doesn't look like he's breathing very well. And Rashi even goes as far as say, I'm not exactly sure what he's saying. He says like he's not breathing, he doesn't, doesn't look like he has a pulse even. You should blow him. Funny, Rashi says the word van. Van, a V, is really an F in English, a fan. You take a fan, and you blow on him. 
So here's the game. I'm going to tell you two pshatim. And you're going to tell me afterwards what Sefer says it. I'm going to tell you the names of the Svarim. And you're going to have to guess. Here's, here's the two pshatim. First pshat is like this. It's again in Kabbalah, sort of. This baby that's not, that's not nursing is the pshat. This is a baby that doesn't like to learn. It's a kid that doesn't like learning. It doesn't have a geshmak in learning. So what do you do? You give him a geshmak. You show him how beautiful Tyre is. You bring the coals. You show him the fire, the geshmak. And then he's going to grab onto it. Next. This baby that's not breathing. What's pshat not breathing? Not breathing means... He doesn't have, he doesn't have your shemayim. He doesn't have, he's not, he's not connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He doesn't have ear, he does not. So what do you do? You take a fan, and you, blow, you blow in front of him, meaning you have to show him, you have to be an example to him. You have to show him mitzvahs in front of him, you blow in front of his face, says the Gemara. So here's the Shiloh. Who said these two pshatim? Ben Yoyada? Or Gaivad Ben Yayada is thumbs up. Gaivad Elio is thumbs down. No? He says Ben Yayada. Rabbi David. Shlemy Sanders. The chat is that bad? Wow. Okay, hold on. I have to go to the next screen. Next screen. Oh! Dov Erlich says what? Both? Shalway. Thumbs up. Okay. So the answer is, the first pshat is the ben yada, the second pshat is my own. That's it, that's all I have to say. I like it. <laughs> okay, you're mecham, you're mecham into the emes. Vaiter, limfefei b'nav osav, unman shasi. Omer abay, omer liyei, hayi nuka deloi ma'avei, leisu siloso di'imei, velizhugel avei, ume'avei. You take... The, the, the placenta, the afterbirth, and you put it on him. He's, he's, uh, he's not eating well. So what do you do? You take the, the placenta from the narrow part and you put it on him from the narrow part to the, to the wide part. Because we're trying to go from small to big. We're trying to get him big. Bialim, let's say he's, he's blown up. Not that he's fat. Not that he's geschmack, gesund. The opposite. He's, he's, he's sickly. He's blown up from like, like, uh, like the, the kids in Africa. The, the kids that are starving. They're blown up. So then you take the white part. And that's what you put on him first. To the small part to show that we're trying to get him to, to shrink a little bit. A baby that's red, the pshat is that his blood wasn't absorbed in his body well. You should wait. Don't, don't do any mila until the blood goes into its place. The Arak, if he's yellow, and the, the, again, the pshat in yellow, according to the Gemara over here, is the pshat that the blood is not absorbed well in the body. So you have to wait until the blood goes into its place and you are moilim. Oh, by the way, I have to tell you the story because I, 
I forgot to tell you a story. In that pshat, I was saying that you have to be an example to your children. Living for Ba'ape, because no, because of Avi, Avi Kamiansky, is a big chassid of Zev Cohen. And I heard a beautiful maisa from him once. The maisa goes like this. It's a very simple maisa, but it's a good, it has a good message. There's a guy that came home from work every day, exhausted. And he would go to the table, every single day the same story. Come home 8, 9 o'clock at night after a whole day of work. He would open up his gemara, and then he would fall asleep. Every day. So they asked him, what's, what's pshat? Why, just go to sleep. Why do, you, why do you open the gemara and then go to sleep? He said, no. I want my children to see what's important to me. To me, it's important to open up a gemara. I fall asleep. That's something else. I'm very tired. But they should see that that's what's important to me. Anyway, fine. Back to here. Two stories, almost identical, with the same outcome. Says Reb Nassim, I went, I went overseas. A woman... She lost a child during the bris milah. Sheni A second child died during the bris milah. Shlishi, that's it. The third one, she had a problem. Now, there's a whole sugin yivamas. If, uh, if you have two children that died during your bris milah, are you allowed to even mal the second one? It's two chazaka or three chazaka. But there's a concept of people that, the children that died during bris milah, you don't do milah. They talk about this Gemara, how does it fit in, etc. So that's why, L'chaira, they brought, the, the Gemara over there said, Taisa says over there, that our Gemara goes, according to the Mandaman, says, two is a Chazaka. That's why they didn't want to give her, the, the third kid a, a Mila. They brought the kid to Reb Nassan. Reis of Shuadan. I noticed that the kid is red. He's a redhead. No, nah, I'm just kidding. No, where's no one? He's red. It's a no-brainer. The reason why the brothers died, because they, they didn't wait enough. The kid is red, so his brother's probably also red. I have a way out of this, just wait until the, the, blood, the blood gets absorbed, and that's it. So, they waited, and she, and she gave him a milo, and the kid lived. They used to call the kid, not just Nasan, it seems like Nasan Abavli. The big Shiloh, my son is Allah's Menachem, named after Rav Shach. Rav Shach came to Mevar Mitzvah. I had a lot of stories with Rav Shach for a different time. So we had a Shiloh. Do we name him Allah's Menachem Man? So they said, no, Rabbi Yashem said not to name Man. Man is the name of a city. His name is Allah's Menachem. Most people call Allah's Menachem, but that's Nasan Ababli. Allah's Man. Same thing. It's, it's interesting. Call the city. He went to another place. And a woman came. Two of her children were lost during Mila. Third one's here. I see that he's yellow. Not red. Yellow. So he tzatzi over here is like he peaked. Like he looked at the Mila. Before he looked at the body. He tzatzi. I noticed that there's no dam bris. So... So Rashi says there's two problems here. Very important thing. Halacha number one. Halacha number one, we're almost on the bottom of Kufla Medal. Halacha number one is that in order to perform a bris milah, in order for a bris to be kosher, you need blood. You hear? It's a halacha. You need a toughest dam. So he looked, he checked, he saw there's no blood there. You're going to do a milah, you're not going to be yaitz of the milah anyways. 
Second of all, this kid is going to die because there's no blood over there. So Mamela, don't do the bris. Wait until the blood comes in and everything is good. She waited, she listened to her Nasan. And from that day on, they called this child Nasan Abavli. Two stories, same result. The turning of the page was sponsored by Fischl. Is he running out? We have to see when we started saying Fischl at a different time. Fine. Says the Mishnah. In those days, the one picture I have for today, not that it's necessary, but if you look closely, I notice something very interesting. Here's a pot of hot water. What is this? So it's not, right when you look at it the first time, you say that the mother is giving it back to her baby. If you look at it closely, perhaps she's just splashing water on him with her hand. Because that's, a discussion in the Gemara. Or actually in the Mishnah it mentions it, but it's a discussion what's allowed, what's not allowed. So could be Yoni try to avoid any controversy? I don't know, maybe, is this over here water? I don't know, but certainly her hand is full of water and she's going like this to the kid. So in those days, in the time of the Mishnah, it was a thing to wash the baby with hot water, obviously hot, before the Mila, to make him strong. And it was a thing to wash the baby afterwards with hot water. As, as, there shouldn't be a sakana. The Mishnah says, in our days it doesn't exist. And he says, Nishtanu atvayim. That's what he says. Our bodies are different today. We don't need it. It's not necessary. So this, this whole Mishnah doesn't apply to us. So Even on Shabbos, you're permitted to wash the baby even for the pre-wash and the, the post-mila wash. And you take water and you sprinkle the water. Now the Gemara right away is going to ask. It says, Marchitim, you let to wash the baby in a bath. And then it says, you sprinkle him. Which one is it? You should do it with your hand. And don't use like a, a negel vaser thing and start pouring water like a lot of people. Only with your hand. You could wash the baby even three days after his bris milah. Why? We all know this. Shimon Levi came to Shechem and they killed everybody out when? So, question. We all learned this Pasuk in Cheder. The third day they were Koyavim. So let me ask you something. What about the first day? Why didn't Shimon and Levi kill them on the first day? Well, the third day they were more pain than the first day? So the answer is, the Rishonim talk about it here in the Sugi, and they say that the first day is a greater Sakana. As we're going to see. The second day is a greater Sakana. The third day, they were just weak. In terms of war, warfare, they were weak. So that's why they hit them on the third day. But in terms of how much sakana there is, there's more sakana on the first day and the second day than on the third day. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah Vaiter, Suffolk and Van Dragonus. If you have a baby that's a Suffolk, 
So we're going to see in the Gemara different spikers. Rashi says, for instance, the baby was born in the eighth month. If the baby is born in the eighth month, according to the Gemara, it's like a stone. You could basically ignore this baby, let it die, whatever, you, you feed it, just whatever. But in, t- in times of the Gemara, bo- baby born in the eighth month, not viable. But it, what if we don't know if it was born in the eighth month? Maybe it was born on the last day of the eighth month, first day of the ninth month, whatever, we have some sort of suffix. Are you machal Shabbos for this baby? If it's a baby that you know for a fact it's not viable, you don't do bris milan Shabbos. A baby born in the eighth, you're not machal Shabbos for that kind of baby. Let it die. Certainly you're not going to go be Mechal Shabbos for something that doesn't need. It's going to die anyways in a few days. But what's if it's Suffolk? Van Dragonos, a baby that has both Zachrus and Nakvus. It's a Zachar and Keva together. Ein Mechal Oves HaShabbos. You don't, you're not Mechal Shabbos for it. You don't do Bris Mila. Rebuyudimati to do Bris Mila on Andragonos. Says the Gemara, let's understand Pshan the Mishnah. Vam Marchitzen. Says you can throw a baby into a bath before the bris. Then it says, second later, you should sprinkle some water on it nicely. What's Pshat? Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Baravua, both Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Baravua say, The Mishnah is just explaining the ratio. There is no bath according to these two Amirayim. What does it mean, You thought a man to bath. No. The only way. You're allowed to, you're allowed to uh, wash the baby is with sprinkling of water. I missed that Shiloh. What's, what is he saying? No difference of what? What was the Shiloh? I don't know. Okay. See, Menachem is saying something. Well, you shouldn't be reading the comments. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to read the, all the comments, but... It looked like there's some sort of Shailen Alocha here. Sorry, okay, you, you, you got this, you got this. The question is, what's the, what's the dinner of a baby that's born in the eighth month these days? Oh, these days, yeah, it's viable. I don't think it's an issue. I don't think it's uh, Nagel or Maisa today. I never heard of a baby that died from being born in the eighth month. Did you? You're saying... Since the Gemara says that, it's, uh, that you don't do, so could you do a bris milan shah? That's what you're asking? Yeah. I, I'm assuming that they pass him that you do a bris milan Shabbos. That's what I'm assuming. Again, don't take any psalgan from me. Omar Rava. So you hear the shah, you hear what's going on here? That you're supposed to sprinkle the baby with water. Forget this whole marchitin is not exactly. So that's why you only put in the picture over here. According to Rabbi Yudah, it's a sprinkle, it's not a real bath. Okay. Oh my Rava. I noticed, by the way, that Rava is very much the Shitasa, so to speak, in all of Shas. He he constantly is very exact with the words. He doesn't like when people we had it recently also with Abaya. Abaya said it's this, it's a law, and he said, No. The Mishnah what the Mishnah says, let's try to figure out within the Mishnah. It says the word Machitzin, the Mishnah just said a word of Rechitza, which means Mamesh, you know, a, a a real, a gezunta, a bath. You're going to tell me it's a sprinkle? Come on. On the first day. According to Rashi, on the second day. But on the third day, In other words, there's a machloikis on the third day only. 
According to Rav, when the Mishnah says Marchitzim, the Mishnah was serious. You put him in a real bath. When? On the first and second day. If, even if the first day falls out on Shabbos, you put him in a bath. Second day, put him in a bath. But on the third day, that falls out on Shabbos, that's where the Machalikas is. Tanakama says, Mizalfin, what do you do on the third day? You just sprinkle him with some water? Don't give him a real bath? You could throw him in a bath as well. I'll prove it to you from the Pasuk. Okay. So according to Rav, the Machlok is on the third day. I have a Brysa that says, Mavish like Rav. This is very important. We have a Brysa, a real straight out Brysa. It says, Mufurish in the Brysa, you give him a bath. But on the third day, this is Mabish what Rav was saying. You give him a real bath, but on the third day, you sprinkle. And he argues on the third day. Don't do any sprinkling. Do a real bath. I don't have a, a straight out pasuk, but I have a nice hint of a pasuk. From Shechem, you see that the third day is very dangerous as well. If it's very dangerous, therefore, you could give him a real bath. Wait a minute. When you sprinkle, who says sprinkling? Rebeleza says you don't sprinkle, you give him a real bath. Oh, I saw in the Tanakama. We're going back to the Tanakama. Tanakama says that on the third day you sprinkle, don't sprinkle with a cup, sprinkle with your hands. And the Gemara just goes on to finish this up. Why is it not a beautiful Pasuk? It's a straight out Pasuk that says that on the third day the baby is in Sakana. Says the Gemara Mishnah, the Gadol is talking Bishrachaya. We're not talking about babies. We're talking about Shechem. Shechem were adults, and an adult doesn't heal as well. Adult maybe on the third day is Mavish and Sakana, but a baby who is a quick healer, maybe the third day is not such a Sakana. Kadon Salim Bishrachaya. Says the Gemara's story. A guy comes to Rava and he says, "Listen, I have a baby. What should I do? Can I wash him before the bris on the first? It was on the first day." Says the Gemara, So of course, Rava passing like himself, that what? You're allowed to wash a baby in a bath on the first day. That the whole machloikis is only on the third day. But everybody agrees that on the first day you can use a bath. Ichlash Rava. Says the Gemara, a story. It's an unbelievable story and a lesson. Ichlash Rava. Rava became sick. So when a person becomes sick, what does he do? He starts doing a cheshben and nefesh. He says, wait a minute, why am I Rav getting sick? It must have to do with something I just did today. Why did I, why did I argue on Rav Yehuda and Rabbi Baravua? I had no business arguing with them. I shouldn't have passed him like myself. Says the Gemara, but the Tamid were there. They said, what are you so upset? We just read a Brisa that says exactly like you. So It's not like you're arguing with Amarayim, with Rav Yehuda and Rav Rav. You have Tanayim that say like you. You know, in truth, Rav Yehuda and Rav Rav have something strong here. Our own Mishnah, forget about the brides. The Mishnah seems like them, not like me. I have to be Moedala MS over here. In other words, this disease, this sickness, I had a little fever, whatever it is. Shtikl Corona. There's a reason why. 
Mistama, I was wrong. Now, he's being medayik from the words. A very, very dark is the diok here. If the Tanakhama holds that there is no bath, even the first day, second day, third day, all days is just sprinkling and no bath at all, so it makes a lot of sense where he says, Rebbe Lezben Azariah argues, and what does he say? Bathe the baby. Why? Because everybody else held, sprinkle the baby. Comes Rebbe Lezben Azariah says, bathe the baby. However, uh, But if the Tanakama agrees that you bathe the baby on the first and second day, just the Machloik is on the third day, so then the Lashen is a little off. It shouldn't say Rebbe Lezer Marchitzen. It should say Rebbe Lezer Marchitzen. Even on the third day. He should say even. Since everybody is talking about bathing, and the whole Machloik is on the third day, so then Rebbe Lezer shouldn't just say, bathe him. Rebbe Lezer should say, even on the third day you should bathe him. You hear the, you hear, it's a little dark as dick. If nobody discussed bathing, the Tanakhama says sprinkle, so then the word, you don't have to say even bathe, you say bathe him, I, you hold sprinkle, I hold bathe. But if they agree that you could bathe the baby on the first and second days, just the whole machlokes is on the third day, so the proper lotion should be, I hold even, he should stick in a word even, even on the third day, not just bathe him, because they also say bathe on the first and second day. Okay. And that you could bathe the baby all three days. So they asked the question in Marab, in Israel. What does that mean? You can bathe the baby. Are you bathing his entire body? Or are you just bathing the bris? comes along. Logically speaking, it makes sense that we're talking about the whole body. Because if you're only talking about the meal itself, why is it any different than any wound a person has? Rav says, a person has a little wound, you can bathe it. It's not a problem. It's not considered you're allowed to bathe one aver. What? We're talking about water that was boiled up on Shabbos. That's the Chiddush. That even something that was boiled up on Shabbos, heated up on Shabbos, you're allowed to use it for a bris. This that Rav said, that you're allowed to use hot water for a wound, he's talking about water that was warmed up before Shabbos. No connection. Who told you? Perhaps. So, what's the setup? You have a bio sitting there with Rabbi Yosef, and you have Rav Dimi. And Rav Dimi, and Rav Yosef says, it's talking about. Yeah, it was Rav Yosef. Where's that bio over here? Rav Dimi said this. 
Yeah, I know, but I'm just looking ahead, uh, not ahead, before. Right, so Rabbi Yosef said, we're talking about water that was heated up before, on Shabbos. Comes Rabbi Dimi and says, who told you maybe it's talking about water that was heated up before Shabbos. I wanted to jump in there and say an answer. And Rabbi Yosef who said that it's talking about water that was heated up on Shabbos, he's the one that answered Rabbi Dimi right away before I got a chance. But he basically, I want to say the same thing as Rav Yosef, he says. It's a sakana. So even water that was heated up on Shabbos, I can use it for brismilah. So here it goes. Here is, just, he lays it out. The halacha is you can bathe the baby the first, second, and third days. Even water that was heated up on Shabbos. Whether it's to wash the whole body of the baby, whether it's to wash just one aver. Because at the end of the day, it's a sakana. Gufa marav. No, so we just mentioned the halacha by Rav, that if you have a wound on, a, on any part of the body, you can wash it on Shabbos. You don't, you don't have to worry. You can put oil, you can anoint it, anything that will help the, the wound. Shmuel is concerned about doing a refu on Shabbos. What you do is you have a wound over here, you put the oil up here, and it drips down into the wound. You shouldn't put oil on top of a bandage to put on top of the wound. Yeah, it seems like, not like Rav. Rav says it's not a problem. Put it directly on the wound. Says Gemara, you're talking about a bandage. That's not the same thing. I said you could put it on the wound itself. And you're talking about on the bandage. The bandage is different. Why? Because of the problem of schita. Toshma. Why, just look at these words and see why this is different than what we just said. Now, this is different because it's already on the wound. You have a bandage on the wound, now you're pouring it on. It says you shouldn't do it. And that's similar to what Rav said, that you're allowed to put oil on the wound directly. Over here it says you shouldn't. So the, the difference is, one of these braces is talking about a bandage before you put it on the wound. And one is talking about a, a bandage that's already on the wound. That's very similar to putting directly on the wound, but still, there's a problem of schito. But, we have a brace like Shmuel that says, You shouldn't, like Shmuel says. Exactly like Shmuel says, you put it above the wound, and it drips down and goes into the wound. You could take a dry bandage and a dry sfeig, whatever, like a sponge. Avaloi gemi yovesh has some sort of moisture in it. Veloi kesisim yoveshim and not dry bandage. Says Gemara kashio kesisim kesisim. We started off saying you're allowed to put a dry bandage on. Then we said veloi kesisim yoveshim, loi kashio. Ha bechadati ha batiki. So what does chadati mean? Chadati means new. But Rashi says that new means that it, didn't, it wasn't on a wound. Not brand new out of a package, but rather it could be 45 years old, but it was never on a wound. 
So if, never, if it was never on a wound, it, could, it has healing powers. But if it was on a wound, even if it's brand new, it, it could be a five minutes old, but it was on a wound, no good. The riff learns, chadati means that it's brand new. Brand new doesn't have, uh, what does he say? Brand new is, n- is not mirapa, I think he says. Yeah, brand new is not mirapa, and old is mirapa. The rush goes on to say that perhaps there are not mechulik even. There's no machlaikas. Because Rashi wasn't talking about brand new, but in brand new he'll also say, he would admit to the, to the rift that it doesn't heal. Omar masu, And from here you see that bandages have healing powers even without ointment or anything else like that. Boisai, have a wonderful day, have a wonderful week. Tomorrow morning, Bezer Hashem at 7.15.